Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I recognize the emotion with another as a sign of what is lacking within. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today's show is about unrequited love. Got a couple of interesting emails here that both came in at the same time as they are wont to do. Uh, the first one's very short and she's just referring to the, as she puts it, the total agony and torture of loving someone you can't love. Um, knowing how you feel, but being human and having a brain telling you that it's not okay and trying to suppress those sorts of feelings. She says quite horrible yet magical at the same time. Now, the second one is a bit lengthy, but I will read it because it really sort of puts this into context for people who are genuinely trapped in this position of loving someone that they can't have. So she writes, I met a man about eight years ago now and instantly connected with him. In fact, it absolutely knocked me on my ass how powerful the feelings and sense of connectedness I shared with him were there almost instantly. Um, now, she's gone on. She's read Many Lives, Many Masters, so she understands about past lives and that sort of thing. She says, this should be... Easy enough on paper, but just keep away. But she says, the problem is that I can't seem to get over the feelings that I have for him, um, which have not receded in all the time that I've known him. And the pull towards him is absolutely magnetic. Honestly, I can go for 12 months or more without having any kind of communication with him. Hard to do, but not impossible. And then the moment we do connect, either via text, phone call, or seeing each other, the spark is still there as strong as ever. I have Now, this is, Jane, where it gets interesting because it's impacting her life. So she says, I have tried to have other relationships in this time, but unfortunately none of them ever even come close to keeping my interest because it feels like going from an addictive drug to nothing at all. And worse still, I can't even seem to feel anything for these other men that I have had relationships with because I'm only ever lukewarm to their affections. So I find myself in the position of greatly desiring a loving, fulfilling relationship with someone, but not being able to get past my feelings for this man who I know has feelings for me too. And she doesn't understand. So much to say. You're the relationships expert, Jane. What do you reckon? Oh, there's actually several different scenarios that can be going on here, each of them quite complex. The first thing that I want to say is that does she really know this man? Has she lived with him? Does she really know that they are meant to be together? Or is it just how he makes her feel in the communication that they do have, which is no doubt quite limited? Protected fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Now, before this beautiful listener stops listening to the podcast, there's other scenarios, but this is one it could be. As a result, this is kind of like the grass is greener. It's that everything else is actually better out there than what I have within. The other exercise that can be really helpful in this is the shadow side positive exercise, which is from... Uh, Debbie Ford's work of the Dark, Dark Side of the Light Seekers, I think it's called. Beautiful book about shadow work. Must read on the top 10. Must read books. Now, this little exercise is that when we really deeply admire somebody or feel this magnetic pull towards them, what I want you to do is name the three biggest qualities within that person that you see. And those three qualities are also within you, but they are not within you in the same abundance that they are in this person that you are desiring to be with. So I would suggest that this man that she's magnetically pulled to has three qualities like a massive great big street traffic sign saying, 
this is what you need to be owning within your own life and ensuring is in greater abundance. And a slightly different way of wording that is, this is so funny because I did a reading yesterday for a girl. It's the second time I've read for her, same problem both times, spaced with her over a year. She's in a marriage, you know, on paper, it's all perfect. They're fine. They're normal. They've got kids. Life goes on. She is completely in love with this other guy who she's, who's come into contact with her through some legal stuff and that she had to deal with a bit, I don't know, a couple of years ago, year and a half ago. Now, and they're friends on Facebook. So he still kind of keeps crossing her path a bit. And she just obsesses about him to the point that he's taking over her entire life, her entire life. And I said to her, you do realize that none of this is actually about that guy, don't you? Because, because as Jane just said, you don't know him from a bar of soap. And he's a normal person. He burps, he farts, he pays his bills. He's not that glamorous. You do realize, <laughs> projected fantasy, projected fantasy, that this is not about that guy. What that passion feeling that you don't have in your marriage, that you're seeing in this guy, he's lighting you up inside, the fire is there, the hunger is there, the yearning is there. It is such a massive metaphor for that, the fact that in your own life you are not feeling those feelings, be it in your purpose, your career, your own relationship, in your own self-love. You're not feeling it. You need an outside person. It could have been him, could have been anyone. He's not even really that special, you know, but he's, he's enough of a leverage, enough of a catalyst to make you realize, as Jane says, you know, list the three qualities about him or list the three emotions that he makes you feel and ask yourself where those are lacking in your reality. And how is it that you can get more of those feelings in your life in other areas, in other ways? So I think often a big thing about affairs is, I mean, I'm sure, Jane, you would have a lot of theory about this being in the relationships work that you're in. They're symptomatic of a relationship with massive cracks and problems. It's just a symptom. It's a It's a side effect. It's like when... You know, well, I, I know of a couple that have uh, recently separated because um, he said that his wife is an alcoholic. But I said, well, when did the drinking start and why? Let's ask why. Because it's just a symptom. And so we have to look at what is the cause. Yeah, we have to go back and, and deal with know, our shit, Absolutely, basically. absolutely. Like when, when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I don't know if I can get over it because my wife's had an affair or my husband's had an affair. It's like, well, what role are you owning in this? You know, it, it, it takes two for an unhappy marriage. But having said that, it isn't your partner's job to make you happy. It's your job. And until you own that, you're going to be disempowered and at everybody else's mercy. Mm. So to own your own happiness and, and the role that you have to play to achieve that is going to set you free from having people have these huge hooks into your energy that they can make you almost not function because you just can't stop thinking about them. Now, while, of course, I have a spiritual take on that, which I'll talk about in a minute, and sure, past lives, absolutely, psychic hooks, cosmic hooks, fine, but let's put that aside for a minute and just go with the idea that if you're not loving your life, it's a bit neutral, it's flatlining, your husband doesn't give you butterflies anymore, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden here comes this, you know, dude on the outskirts, you know, that you're Fabio. putting all this energy into – and if you do proactively then go and chase that out and something takes place, I'm sorry, but you're a coward because you're not actually dealing with anything real, nothing real. What is real? The way that you feel when you wake up each morning is real. The dynamic that you are enabling, creating and sustaining in your household is what is real. That is the truth of it. 
there's also some discipline in this, like step up and put your adult pants on because I will have regular coaching clients. Like they might only come and see me once every six months or when, when they've had a bit of a crisis in their life. So initially they've come to me to get a happier life and it's all, all ticking along nicely. And then I'll get the message that says, can I book in for a session? I've had a bad day. I've just saw so-and-so on Facebook or uh, I just sent a text to. It is this behavior of of reaching out to somebody that they know causes a sting. And so there's the sting. You know, it's a sign says wet paint. You've got a choice. You're going to put your hand on it or not put your hand on it. If you put your hand on it, you're going to have paint on your fingers. So we have to be disciplined about not reaching out. We have to be disciplined in that moment. And it, and it is hard. Look, it's like, um, it's like an alcoholic or a heroin addict or whatever. You just, you just can't ever have it again. Remarkable self-control, you know, yes, and, and it is difficult. Taking, I'm not dismissing how hard that but is. But it's about taking the high spiritual road, you know, as Jane is saying, as a self-responsible, ethically aware adult. Now, again, we're not being moralists here, but we're saying if you feel the need to go chasing tail, why? You've you got to be asking yourself, why? What are you lacking, needing, not That's getting right. enough of? What's going on here? What aren't you dealing with? What aren't you communicating? Where are you falling short of the mark? In and I can guarantee life? that what you're not dealing with in your own current relationship that is being flagged up by the desire to be going external, if you ended up with this person that is magnetic and amazing, you are going to have exactly the same problem, only this time it's going to be highlighted 20 times. Yeah. So you may as well fix what you've got going on in your own relationship before worrying about going external. Absolutely. Having said that, if you've had an affair, I know plenty of couples that that's actually been the greatest thing that's ever happened to their relationship. Correct. For lots of reasons. That's right, because this is the time to actually then get on the same page, speak your truth, set your new boundaries, set your new relationship rules and goals and 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 heal the problems that caused it in the first place. So a lot of people, you know, are really in denial and stick their heads in the sand. 40 years of marriage, they'll pretend like everything's just technically fine. And when something like an affair comes along, which is a devastating thing, people can't hide anymore. Often it's public or it's outed, it's embarrassing, and the truth will always out, and it makes people face the music. And well, they- I actually just learnt that a girl I know had an affair five years ago. She decided to put it on Facebook to her husband in a message that was open and public last week i couldn't believe it yeah, different strokes different folks <laughs> oh no i just thought you know that that's really not the place to do it because that's naming and shaming yeah, there's well, no is. kindness in that so some people are using the affair tool as a cowardly out because it sounds counterintuitive but rather than actually have the guts to either break up with a person or communicate and address the problems they run around and actually do something that they hope the other person will leave them for like they actually Self-sabotage. they want the, the, the woman or the man to break up with them because yes. they can't actually just do it. That's right. And it is, yeah, yeah. And look, I've just gone through this with another couple and, and it has been very difficult to watch over a period of a few years where I've watched both parties really try to get the other one to make the decision. Mm. And at the end of the day, there seems to be this blame game of whose fault it is and what will other people think. Now, it doesn't matter what other people think and it is no one's fault. If the relationship is over and if you have worked on it, you've tried to heal everything and it is time to move on, then that's just what it is. Now, I've got also a little bit of a harsh overtone with this letter because so she's she's held on to this projected fantasy of this guy since 2006, right? 
to the detriment of her own experiences. She 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 believes that when men come into her life, they just don't match. Well, of course yes. they can't match your bloody Prince Charming fantasy. No one can match a fantasy. I think it's similar to people who go into long-distance relationships, and there's a theory about that, and it's got to do with emotional unavailability or fear. So if you are allowing an ongoing situation in your life with no end in sight, it's something to do with not facing the reality or the realness of, so, so as in this, this woman in the letter, she's using the excuse of, I can't live it, love anyone as much as I love him. I just can't. Maybe she's got fears about it being in an actual relationship. Quite possible. Because he's married with three children. It's never going to happen. But as long as she says, but it's a magnetic pull and a hook and a past life and I can't unattach from him. And he's, you know, I'm just chained to him and what can I do about it? And it's like, no, you're not actually looking at maybe what some of your own fears are around a real live boy come sit next to you on the couch and hold your hand. Does that freak you out? Right. Yeah, she says that she doesn't feel any spark with them, doesn't she? So I would then look at what is it that she believes a relationship is. Has she had a good role model in her life of past relationships? Has she ever had a good relationship? Have her parents a good relationship or aunties or uncles or siblings? Um, I would definitely have a dig around there because perhaps it's the Hollywood version of what a relationship is. And that's what she's getting from this guy that flits in and out. It's like that Father Christmas, you know, along comes... The stepdad, or along comes dad who's only in the relationship with the kids once every few months and he plays the Father Christmas role and swans on in and spoils everyone and then swans on out. You know, it's that same kind of thing. Um, so I would definitely be looking at what does she believe a relationship is and what does she want from a relationship? Because maybe she could be somebody who's actually chooses to not have a relationship ever, but have an amazing life. Now I've got a girlfriend. It's a similar but different situation. Her marriage has ended and she was very in love with this man. And she's finding it quite hard to sort of break away from him. There's still a child, so she can still sort of get in his life a lot, you know. Yeah, that's hard. Now, so she's been out and about dating, meeting men and so forth. But when you've had a good, in her case, 10 years of deepening at every level the intimacy and the vulnerability that you develop with one partner, you know, and we've talked this about, about this before. When you meet someone on the first date, it's not all there. But 10 years later, you know, he's watched her give birth. They've been through hard times together. They, you know, she's meeting these guys on dates. She's like, I don't feel anything for them. Same as this girl. Well, because you can't, because they haven't had 10 years to warm up on you. It's a slow boil. You know, it's one, exactly. of the, one of the times in my life that I was the most in love, I didn't, the first time I met the guy, I thought, oh, I never want to see him again. I did. And what ended up happening, six dates later, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's something amazing. But layer by layer, I, I just wasn't aware. We've talked about this a lot where um, the study of that Dr. Pat Allen did, um, where she took 20 years to do the study. She interviewed everybody on their first date and asked them what was the date like. You know, was it amazing? Was it horrible? Was it okay? And then 20 years later, she interviewed those who had had a long-term relationship from that first date and asked them, what was your memory of the first date? Now, those who were in a happy relationship said that the memory of the first date was that they knew it was amazing, that the chemistry was there. It was just 10 out of 10. Those who were in either an unhappy relationship or where the relationship had ended said that they should have listened to their instincts, that all the warning signs were there on the first date. Now, the reality was that most of those people actually said it was just a nice date. So we've got a whole society that believes in this ridiculous 10 out of 10 amazing magnetic chemistry, Paul. It's, it's love at first sight, etc. Yeah, and combined with the distortion of what is a relationship. So it's those two things combined. 
okay, because I know that I could get emails from people saying it was incredible, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I deny what you're saying, Jane. Mine was incredible. But the science is there to say that you are going to change your past memories to support where you currently stand. So we have to trust that we actually do build deep relationships with people gently, slowly, graciously, foundations. It's called the slow boil. And this girl in the letter, she if you think about it, like she spent eight years putting a lot of energy into having a crush on one person. That's a lot of layering. It's a lot of vibration. It's a lot of neural pathway programming. Of course no one can compete that with that on a one- or two-hour date. Let me just also tell people about the first date. There was an interesting show that I watched last night. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It was amazing. It's one of those shows that has three, they're like magicians, but they're more, oh, more clever in the, it's more NLP and all of that sort of stuff going on. Like they, they change things around. So they had a scenario where they had a guy sit down at a restaurant table and he was having a blind date with a girl. So she turned up. Now there were two of them that looked similar. They weren't the same. They looked similar, but they dressed the same. And they were swapping dates in between. So he's sitting at this dining table and they've had a conversation. And then he, the, the waiter has given the menu, which has covered his face as he's holding the menu up. In that few seconds, the two girls swapped seats. And then he pulled the menu down and they just continued the date. And they swapped back and forth several times, like they'd spill some water and go in the bathroom and quickly swap places. That's unfathomable. This guy had no idea that he was dating two completely different women that, in my opinion, they looked similar, but they weren't the same at all. And he had no idea. So they repeated this experiment with all these people. Nobody got it. That's kind of nobody. <laughs> nobody got it. Nobody. Now, admittedly, it was all men dating women, and I actually did say to my husband, I'd like to see what happens if the sexes were reversed. Um, however, there's so much science now around this whole first date and for, or even if you're not single, it's first meeting of anybody in your life that we know jack shit. Yes. Stop waiting for this fireworks and lightning bolt to come out of the sky. Stop waiting for this ridiculous illusion of deep connection and just have a moment with this person. Be in the moment desire to connect with them and see where it goes give it a chance and if you don't believe me you will be single or never building relationships forever i cannot be more strong about this Mm. i cannot be i could go on and on and on about the various science experiments i've seen i've watched i've read i've listened to there is so much there that you have to just get it that it is as normal life and you are a normal person and you need to give normal people a chance to build the magic of life, which is deep and rich and connecting and amazing and pressing each other's buttons and growing and learning. That takes time. It's a slow boil. It happens over a long period of time. Now, Jane, let's look at a scenario where somebody is happily married and someone crosses their path that they do feel a magnetic pull to. Yep. Now, and this is where we, we're going to go into lives or soul Yes, but I also want to say, I'm Mm -hmm. going to go back to that statement that Mm -hmm. I said, what is that person? Because I've been in that situation where I've come across somebody that was an ex that was kind of that unfinished business and there was a pool there. And I'm not telling stories anything my husband I haven't shared with him. There was a pool there. But what did I do? I sat there and I thought, what is it that this guy makes me feel that I've not got in my life at the moment? And I realized at that point, I was actually quite flat in my life. I'd 
I was coming to the end of a kind of cycle and getting ready for another cycle, another chapter in my life. I had children that were, one was school age, the other one was nearly school age, and I'd done the whole mummy home thing, which was amazing. But there is some flatlining there a bit, well, for me anyway, no judgment on anyone else, and I was ready for some more excitement in my life. This guy comes across he's not the excitement I want in my life. I've got a great marriage. No, I was ready to actually start a new business and I was jumping at the bit to get my creativity going. So once I worked that out, I jumped straight in and hence Social Aid started. And you never look back. No, exactly. Fascinating. But if it happens again, mm-hmm. it will be looking at what is it that, that I'm lacking. Yeah. Or is it that somebody just makes you feel like an old glove, you know, that you just feel like you've met somebody that you've known forever? Mm. So what is that? That would say that in my relationship at home or the relationships that are close to me, not doesn't have to just be a partner, um, is that maybe we've forgotten to celebrate the closeness and the history that Simon and I have together. So mm. we go back to that. You know, it's just little signposts all along the way. Agree with everything you've said. However, we can go down the past life because I know there is that. And I only like to go down past lives when you've explored every other option emotionally in this life because it can be a cop-out as in it's not my my fault, it's a past life. I completely agree with you. I do agree with you too, 100%, that we do have people that have past lives and it's important we touch on it. Go back, this is your field. twice in my life. I've had men that I have had such a magnetic pull to that I, that for whatever reason, conditions, I, I certainly was not allowed to be with them or it was never going to happen. But it haunted me to such a level that it actually was eating away at me. It actually was affecting my life because I'm a psychic and I asked every psychic friend I had, I did every card, I channeled, as I did everything I could to figure it out and I couldn't get it and it was bugging me. It was bugging me why I felt something so thick in the air. And when things like this do happen, okay, so for me personally, I think I might have mentioned her on the show before and I highly recommend her. There's a woman in Sydney called Rebecca Brown who's at soultosoul.com.au. Now, she's really she specialises in really deep next-level healing, the kind of healing where she goes up and takes a bird's-eye view of past lives, karmic connections and soul contracts and she and oaths and that sacred oaths and vows that have been made in higher vibrational states in other time, energy and spaces that we've forgotten about. And she's able to say stuff like, Oh, okay, yes. So you and that guy, um, you know, whatever, this has happened before, it, it put you in a certain mind frame where you, you haven't been able to forgive or you're still waiting for something. It's, it's always about resolution that hasn't been reached. She's able to see it. She's able to go in astrally and she's able to release it without you ever having to deal with the person on earth. Now, she's done that for me two times now. But what clarity did you, did, did you have to have she, any she gave, ownership of? She, you know, yeah, because she, she, she helped me understand that which I couldn't see about what was going on. I could okay. only see it at an earth level and at a slightly psychic level, but there was a massive piece of the puzzle that I was missing about why I was feeling so irrationally intensely about it. And she was able to provide those missing pieces and then just disperse, like just defuse the energy right. by going up with our higher selves and having us sorted out in, in a space that, that I'm not capable of doing you know wow and 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 all I can say is the proof is in the pudding because one of those guys actually well both of them in in a healthy sort of a sense I've never really thought about since whereas 
fast forward to a week or a day before that reading, I, I, one of them I was in my car sobbing because I was thinking, I just don't know what to do about this. It is taking over my life. I can't think straight. I, I just need an answer. I need help. It's okay, just- so maybe this girl needs to check out Rebecca Brown. Yeah. So yeah. I would say if anyone is out there and they feel an irrational magnetic hook to somebody or something that is actually detracting from them leading a normal life or to getting on with their self-healing, self-work, self-development, their marriage, etc., there, there will be a much deeper spiritual answer that probably just needs to be sorted out and dealt with. And this is the hard thing with these sorts of questions is that we can't mm-hmm. compare emotions. We can't compare with me saying what's a, what's a real magnetic pull versus what you feel is a magnetic pull. Correct. We just can't compare it. It's 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 a very subjective experience. Yeah, it is. Yes. And this yeah. is the problem with all psychic emotional stuff is, look, we can put scenarios like this up on our shows and it's always going to be different for every single person listening, even if they've yeah. all got the same story. Yeah. So Jane yeah. and I can only provide a spectrum of different takes, views and tools. Yes. And then it really does come down to you guys to check in with that gut feeling, go to the core and listen to the truth. And, you know, this, you know, takes me back to my client yesterday and this girl, she's like, oh, but this guy, this guy, this guy. And I, and her spirit guide came in. He came in with a clipboard. Like it was all very official. Like we're sitting down and having a meeting. <laughs> this has gone on long enough. And I said to her, I've got to, I'm going to ask you some hard hitting questions now. And they're coming from him, not from me. Don't shoot the messenger. And he was basically saying stuff to her like, what is your intention? What do you know needs to happen? You know, what's going to happen in the next 10 years? What do you want to happen? What do you need to, and she had to just answer. She had to admit to herself the stuff she didn't want to articulate, like my marriage is over. I left my marriage emotionally, spiritually, and mentally probably about three years ago. Physically, geographically, legally, I'm still in it. Right. Maybe financially. I just want to say too, thank you for saying how, you know, we can only give different scenarios because I actually think I was feeling a little uncomfortable. This beautiful woman has written such a heartfelt email and I didn't want to dismiss that by giving some throwaway, oh, it's this, oh, it's that, or it could be that. It is really, I do struggle with that when we get these beautiful emails that all we can do is give general advice on what it could of course, potentially be. But she can sit with herself at any time and she knows what it is deep down. Now, people say this a lot. They say, I don't know, I don't know. I say, what do you think it is? I don't know. And I love, you know, Lorraine Webb, who's the inner child expert that Jane and I have often referenced, um, I saw her live on stage once doing therapy work on someone live on stage and she was asking this woman about her childhood and, you know, the woman was saying, oh, I don't know, and Lorraine just stopped her and, and it sounded almost quite bitchy but it was it hard very harsh, She said, yeah. you do know. It's your responsibility to know. You can access that. Like she just basically wasn't suffering a fool. She was just saying, you can do this. Stop pussyfooting around, deflecting and just sit in your stuff as a grown adult spiritual woman and sort out what your truth is and and tell me what it is. And when you really, and I've actually started to use that a bit sometimes in when I'm coaching or intuitively counselling people and they're dithering around and I force them to say it because they don't have to take ownership if I tell it to them. That's right. I already know what the answer is, but I want to hear them articulate it. What about we've had some beautiful emails from listeners that have sent the email off. We've done a recording to answer their question and then when they've listened to the recording, they've said, actually, as soon as I sent that letter, I knew the answer. Sometimes it is about in the writing. It is about the ownership of, hang on, this problem has got to a point where I need to do something about it. So even just in writing, Writing the email, it is actioning it is. A, a, a commencement of the solution. 
Now, the subject matter we're dealing with today is massive. It's got to do with potentially tearing families apart, ending marriages. There might be children involved, you know, with affairs. You know, if it's got to the point where your relationship is this bad, you know what? It's it's like you're you're, you're also buying into the stuckness and the hardness and the heaviness of it. And if you make some changes, if you acknowledge some truths, if you can feel the fear and despite the fear, march ahead and do what you know you have to do, it's going to be better. You really have to believe that. It's not actually going to get worse. It can only get better. So it's about being the adult, standing on your own two feet, pulling yourself up by the bootstraps and getting real. I recognize the emotion with another as a sign of what is lacking within. Thank you so much for listening to us. As always, you'll find us on iTunes uh, under wellness or sexuality and also, of course, our Facebook page. Which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. Where you can sign up for our newsletter down on the left-hand side there and also please direct message us or private you know, PM us with uh, any of your questions so we can keep these fantastic topics happening on our love, sex, relationships and spirituality show. And until this time next week, take a quiet moment and have a think about what's true for you. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening, and it's a beautiful day.